Hello and welcome to week seven of Season Saviors. I'm Ian Whitfield, joined here once again by Shane Riley, ultimate fantasy football player. Shane, how are you doing? You know, I think I uh, lost in the fantasy football uh, this week. It's still a great week, you know, more opportunity this week again. Uh, hopefully I can uh, pull above 500, you know, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, it should be interesting. So we're jumping into our first week of the NFL season. Then now we'll have four buys this season. And now it's going to be a little harder to manage your uh, fantasy roster. So we're going to help you manage that with the stardom sit-ems and waiver wire pickups along with then some insight into our uh, student teacher fantasy football league. So let's jump right into it with our stardoms. I'm going to start us off and I'm going to start with Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Mayfield showed some potential so far this season, and now he goes against a just an absolutely dreadful Buccaneers secondary that I've talked about every week so far. And it's going to be disappointing when they have their bye week because it almost seems like a free stardom for uh, me this um, when we talk about our stardoms and sit-ums. Um, he's been a solid quarterback so far this year. The Buccaneers have allowed the most passing yards per attempt in the NFL with 9.3 and are tied for the most passing touchdowns allowed as well So with, with 16. They've allowed the second most passing yards also just total this season. So I don't know. It's not like the Cleveland Browns are going to focus their offensive game around the running game. So uh, Baker Mayfield's going to get a ton of attempts. They're going to go. They're going to be involved in a shootout as the Buccaneers always are. So I've loved Baker Mayfield this week with a bunch of passing attempts. Probably will rack up some yardage, probably a bunch of touchdowns. And he's going to have a low risk of interceptions as the Buccaneers only have one the entire season. So don't be afraid of that. Um... Also, if you have Jarvis Landry or uh, David Najuku, is that him? Yeah, Najuku. Um, it, don't feel free to start them. I think they're all elite plays this week. How about you, Shane? Who's your first stardom? Uh, very weird because uh, actually my first stardom is Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, you just mentioned him. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the second worst against wide receivers this year. Um, Jarvis Landry coming off a bit of a down week. He had two catches for 11 yards on nine targets in the, against the Chargers, but... That Chargers defense is uh is a very very solid defense. Uh, I expect them to have a bounce back week. Uh, even though they are at Tampa Bay, I expect them to. Uh, I mean, at least it's going to be very high scoring. This Tampa Bay defense has been terrible all year, and the only reason they won a couple games because there was some Fitz magic over there. Uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, I expect him to have a big week. Uh, you know, I I he should be in the game plan considering they uh, they lost last week and he was. Was no was not a factor they should expect to put him right back in the mix. I I think if you were looked at his fantasy total and had concern, I mean he still had a bunch of targets, so I think he's always an elite play. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna jump right into our second stardoms now. Obviously, David Johnson is, is an elite running back, and that's my stardom for this week. Um, David Johnson, Arizona Cardinals. Most of the time, I don't like picking elite players as a stardom, but I, a lot of people that I've talked to are getting a little concerned about David Johnson's fantasy production especially in non-PPR leagues. If you're in non-PPR league, obviously my point totals that I do are because I'm only involved in PPR leagues. But if you're in a non-PPR league, David Johnson is a borderline RB3 or flex player because he's not getting those bonus receptions. He's not racking up yards. But in this case, you have to start him this week. He plays a Broncos team that have now allowed 200 straight, um, or sorry, two straight games with a 200 plus yard rusher. Todd Gurley last week, obviously going off, and I'm sure everyone saw that. And they've, they've also allowed the most pa most yards per rushing attempt, 5.6, which is just outrageous in the league. And they've allowed the most total yards this season as well. Johnson hasn't really thrived this year so far, especially as I already talked about in uh, non-PPR. But he could easily explode this week. And I love him this week. Even if 
The Cardinals are going to go down to the Broncos, but the Broncos really haven't been a powerhouse so far this season. So I think David Johnson should still be very productive in uh, in a run game against uh Broncos team so he could finally get his rushing game going this season. Yeah, I definitely see that happening. David Johnson, uh, two years ago, was probably one of the best running backs in the playoffs that year in fantasy and just, you know, last year getting hurt. Uh, starting to get going. He had a decent couple weeks so far. But, I mean, I could definitely see some, some great production coming out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving into my second stardom, I have Marquise Goodwin uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it's kind of a weird start against the Los Angeles Rams, who is has been a fantastic defense, but... They are actually ranked 8th worst versus wide receivers this year. And Marquise Goodwin, with C.J. Beathard as his quarterback, had four catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns last week. Absolutely exploded for my fantasy team in our student-teacher league, uh, especially on Monday night. I mean, he only had five targets, but, I mean, he made the most use of them. Uh, it was the first real showing for him this this year. And uh, I expect him to, considering they played such a well game, using Marquise Goodwin, I expect him to go right back to that. And... Uh, even though the Rams have Marcus Peters, I'm not really worried. He hasn't been he hasn't been uh, the usual Marcus Peters so far this year. So I expect Marquis Goodwin to have another good week back to back. Yeah, I mean, I actually dropped Marquis Goodwin heading into the game last week, so I'm very disappointed in that because I had him in my lineup up until then. But oh well, maybe I'll try to pick put in a waiver claim for him. Um, so now my final starter for the week: Sterling Shepard, wide receiver for the New York Giants. He's quietly had a very productive season so far. Obviously, Eli Manning is not the elite quarterback that we've. Uh, seen in the past and he's honestly getting some uh, crap from the rest of his um, uh, coaching staff fan base and obviously Odell Beckham who's been in the news with him but he's no longer we've already talked about Eli Manning not being a good quarterback but Shepard has still thrived so far this season obviously he's not a top 20 wide receiver at the moment but he's been he's has Odell Beckham stealing some targets and stuff but Odell Beckham against the Falcons who they play this week is going to be guarded by their number one uh, cornerback and he's who's been locking down wide receivers so far this season. I love Sterling Shepard this week, especially against a total like all around secondary for the Falcons, who's just been horrid. He should thrive as a, he's a big playmaker, so he could easily get a big play. But a big play, playmaker with more increased volume, it, give me that every single week. The Falcons have allowed the third most passing yards so far this season, along with 16 passing touchdowns allowed, tied with the Buccaneers for most in the NFL. Shepard could easily get a big play touchdown with a high number of receptions. He could obviously he could be up there with uh, over more fantasy points than Odell Beckham Jr. this week. And I think because uh, the Falcons are going to focus their game plan around OBJ and Saquon Barkley, uh, Sterling Shepard could easily just break out this week. And I love him this week personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Sterling Shepard. He's been very good, you know, with or without Odell Beckham. Even last year, he showed some great promise. Uh, you know, I think his. My third guy is, I think, a guy we've mentioned before, uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, he's at Kansas City. I mean, still a, a decently tough play, place to play, but this Chiefs defense is second worst versus running backs this season. I mean, Joe Mixon's week last year, I mean, sorry, his last week, uh, he scored a late touchdown, 84 yards versus Pittsburgh. He also had four catches, which, you know, is a bit of a good bonus in PPR, which our league is. Um... He's been very solid. Uh, the only time that he hasn't been good was when he was injured. And uh, this, this Bengals offense has been a force to be reckoned with. You know, Andy Dalton's having a, a career year. And uh, he did get, he only had 11 rushes last week. But, I mean, his, his production should uh, should increase because I think this, uh, you know, you got you to gotta give him the ball. Uh, Joe Mixon's been pretty amazing this year. And I, I expect it to continue again uh, at Kansas City this week. 
Yeah, so that's a really that's a really good start. Um, we're gonna jump into the situms now. I'm gonna start with Alex Collins, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Alex Collins is one of my least favorite running backs, and he's been even before this season. I just I just didn't trust him at all last season. I didn't trust him in his production, uh, his his lack of receptions in PPR. Um, Collins has made he had two total touchdowns last week, which obviously most people think that is a good sign. But ignoring that, he hasn't done anything all season. I mean, he had a decent point total last week, but 18 points with two touchdowns. Think about that. 12 of his 18 points last week uh, were based on touchdowns. He had six points total for the rest of the game. So if they don't get that, those goal line carries, he's nothing. He's only gone over 60 rushing yards once this season, which is it's just not good. And he's getting next to no receptions. He's minus the three receptions he had, I believe, in either week two or three. He hasn't gone over three receptions once this season. Without TDs, Collins is a mere low-end flex play. Touchdowns for Collins are rare as well, as he's only averaging .6 touchdowns per game. That's with two touchdowns last week. Before that, he only had one touchdown all season. Uh, The Saints have allowed a remarkable only 3.1 yards per carry, obviously because their pass defense is not that good, so teams are focusing their game plan around the pass. Um, So I think the Ravens are going to do the same thing this week, focus their offensive game plan against the pass, I think Alex Collins is going to struggle, obviously, because he's not going to get those receptions. He's not going to get that many carries, especially with the carries he does get. It's not going to be productive with the 3.1 yards per carry that have been allowed by the Saints so far. Um, I think you, if you have Buck Allen or something, you could feel a little more comfortable starting him this week, especially because he gets the reception bonus points, and he will uh, obviously get a few more carries as well. Uh, running backs have been struggling to get that amount, those amount of carries up, so do not start Collins this week in any format. I, I just don't trust him at all. Yeah, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson's been a better runner so far. Yeah, this honestly, Lamar Jackson's been super productive Coming on in the bench. Coming in a couple QB, QB sneaks. Uh, yeah, so I'll just go ahead and get right into my my first sit em, uh is Lamar Miller versus er, – they're at Jacksonville this week. Uh, Jacksonville being the seventh best against running backs, which is actually pretty low for how good this front actually is. You know, they got Calais Campbell, uh, many other guys, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. Also help up on that line. You know, they're pretty good tacklers in space. He has no touchdowns on the year, Lamar Lamar Miller. Um, he shares carries with Alfred Blue. And, you know, he, he did total 71, 71 yards. And uh, last week he ran, ran 50, 15 times for 46 yards, which is around three yards per carry, which is That's terrible. just not good. <laughs> you know, he caught two of the three targets for 25 yards, which is almost half – Half his rushing total, so I mean, the he, he got more points in receiving, you know, he got four points from that, and he got four points from rushing, so I mean, he just did not have a good week. I mean, Alfred Blue, I could see him eventually taking this job over, but I mean, neither, they, they're they based around Deshaun Jackson. They're going to throw the ball, they like Will Fuller, they got DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't see a fit for Lamar Miller. I mean, maybe a flex position uh, if you're really struggling there, but there's just nothing... I don't if you if you don't have to play him, don't start Lamar Miller. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, I'm gonna jump into my second sit him now. Sonny Michelle, running back for the New England Patriots. He's I think for the season he's a great play. I actually love this guy. I traded for him uh, the second I heard he was the starting running back for the Patriots because the Patriots have never had a featured back in recent years. But now he goes up against the Chicago Bears front. They're the only team in the NFL not to allow a a rushing touchdown so far this season. Only team in the NFL to not allow a touchdown in a certain uh, category, either passing or running. So that's magnificent. And they've allowed the second lowest amount of rushing yards all season. Michelle's put together a few successful games so far as the Patriots' new feature back. 
And but Michelle, he he's going to be productive for the most part this year. But I just can't start him comfortably this week. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, kind of with Lamar Miller, he can play as a flex. But if you have another running back, you could slot him as the running back too. Put a wide receiver as uh, your flex play this week. I think that's just going to be better off. I think the Patriots are going to try to expose this kind of kind of weak Bears secondary, even though they've uh, looked a little bit better with uh, teams not wanting to run against um, them because of Khalil Mack and others in their front seven. But I just don't like Michelle this week. I think he's just not going to thrive in a game against a stout uh, Bear rush defense. I think there's other plays, uh, other better plays this week. Yeah, you definitely can find something else. I mean, I also don't trust, you know, he's got like James White, other guys coming out of that backfield. Uh, I, I believe that's a good sit-em. Uh, I'm going to get to my second guy. He is uh, Keelan Cole. I mean, he's playing playing in Houston's defense, which is sixth best, best against wide receivers. I mean, there's been no production other than that one week. I think he had a touchdown maybe week two, week three. I mean, he only had four receptions for 40 yards, which is, you know, not too bad, but they only put up seven points as an offense, Jacksonville. Um, their offense has been very disappointing all year, besides, like, a couple games here or there. I uh, I don't trust Blake Bortles as a QB. Without Leonard Fournette, they don't really have a running game. Uh, they lost 40 to, I think they lost, like, 40 to 7 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 47. They just have not been the same team uh, without Leonard Fournette, you know, establishing the running game, being able to give Blake Bortles some support uh, until, until Leonard Fournette comes back. I don't trust any Jacksonville anybody on the Jacksonville offense because they just haven't been able to prove themselves and I don't expect them to prove themselves going forward especially against guys like J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney this week. Uh, it's going to be a tough week for them but I definitely sit uh, Keelan Cole. Yeah, if you want to have production in that Jaguars offense you need Leonard Fournette because T.J. Yeldon's not going to cut it week in, week out. Uh, my final sit on for the week, Will Fuller the fifth, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. You already talked about him and that um, how they focus it around them but a new emerging, or someone has now emerged in this uh, Texans offense, Kiki Kuti. He's been brought onto the scene three weeks ago, and he's been Deshaun Watson's favorite target, obviously, minus um, DeAndre Hopkins. But he's burst onto the scene, and not only that, the Texans have are yet, and now they have to play a Jaguars pass defense, too. So you're, you've got the combination of A.J. Boy and Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, they didn't have the best week last week, but we know that there are two, if or the top two, if not, like top five uh, cornerbacks in the NFL at the moment. That combination just doesn't look good for Fuller. Now that Kiki Kuti and they play the Jaguars this week, the Jaguars have allowed the fewest number of passing touchdowns all season with five and have allowed the second uh, best yards per attempt with 6.4 in the NFL. Trust me when I say Fuller is a sit this week, and he, he's a sit, I think, every single week from this point forward until he goes back over Kiki Kuti as wide receiver two in this offense. He's just getting so much production and so many receptions. He's racking up the points. Uh, if you can get Kuti still off the waiver wire, he's not available in that many leagues anymore. He was one of my waiver wire pickups a few weeks ago, and if you got him then, congratulations. Uh, he's a great wide receiver, too, in your lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wolf Fuller is very touchdown dependent. I've noticed that he only gets like four four targets a game, and usually if he has a good week, he has a touchdown. Boomer bust. That's what he is. Exactly. Uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and finish it off with uh, – actually pains me to say Calvin Ridley. I picked this guy up in most of my leagues. You know, first couple weeks I got him, he had, you know, touchdown, two touchdowns. You know, the last couple weeks he has not had a touchdown. And I just don't think he's getting the targets with guys like Julio, Muhammad Sanu, um, Ido Smith is getting catches. Yeah, that Ido guy, Smith has really emerged. Austin Hooper. Uh, not only that, he has to go up against the New York Giants defense, which is fifth, fifth best against wide receivers. Um, 
He also had an ankle bone bruise last week and fumbled. Uh, this last week was a terrible week to have him. I mean, I started him in what two, three leagues. It pains me to pains me to say this, but Calvin Ridley is just you know he he's hurt. It's hard to come back. He he's very uh he depends on his speed and his ability to shake off the defensive backs. He just hasn't been he hasn't been the same, and uh, definitely sit him, especially since he's uh. Yeah, a little banged up. Yeah, Calvin really just hasn't really been the same since that three touchdown week a few weeks back. Um, so I'm going to jump into my waiver wire pickups, and then we're going to go to the student teacher fantasy league. So let's get it started with O.J. Howard, tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been dropped in a almost an alarming amount of leagues. Like, I don't know how why he was dropped in so many leagues. Maybe because just the tight end position is so um, horrid this year, but. Uh, he's dropped just because of a couple weeks of injuries. Howard is a top 12 wide receiver, or sorry, tight end when he plays in a to- in point total. Uh, so far this season, he's been extremely productive. It- it's super rare to find a top tight end on the waiver wire at this stage of the game. So jump on Howard if you need one desperately. He's only owned in 50% of ESV leagues as well. I think he- he's a great tight end pickup. I've picked him up in a couple of leagues so far where I don't have a good tight end. Uh, I don't know how more people don't have him so far, honestly. Uh, secondly, we're going to jump in with Chester Rogers, wide receiver for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Rogers has now recorded three straight games with the double-digit points and has racked up 32 targets in his last three games. You did hear that correctly. 32 targets in his last three games. In PPR formats, you're loving that. Almost in any format, you're loving that, honestly. Rogers has quickly emerged as a solid wide receiver since the Colts are throwing the ball a ton this season because Andrew Luck is averaging 54.7 passing attempts per game. Once again... 54.7 passing attempts per game. And then the combination of 32 targets in his last three games, Rod, those are numbers that you get from like DeAndre Hopkins and from Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, you need to get some of the, you have to pick him up. He's only owned in 14% of ESPN Fantasy League, and he's a great flex play at the moment until he completely proves himself over the next couple of weeks. And then he can emerge as a wide receiver too, kind of like Kiki Kuti that I was talking about. Chester Rogers is... He's tearing it up, and if he stays productive, it's going to be scary to see what this guy can do in uh, upcoming games as the Colts should be trailing a lot. Lastly, I'm going to go with a guy Shane already mentioned, Ito Smith, running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Smith is a great pickup with Devontae Freeman out for most of, if not the entire season. Smith split carries with Tevin Coleman in the past couple weeks, and he's been productive with Freeman out so far. He has three touchdowns in his last three games, along, and now he's just got a career high with 11 carries last week. That number could even increase even more, which is a great great for anyone that's picked him up so far. And that number should just keep increasing now that Devontae Freeman is supposed to be out for a while. The Falcons are going to keep giving him more um, receptions and uh, carries as he's emerged, as a, he's shown that he has talent, and he's only owned in 32% of ESPN leagues. He's a key piece in a solid or in a solid Falcons offense. I would pick him up right away, especially with uh, Freeman out. And the fact that the Falcons are starting to use this guy a lot more. He could emerge as a guy kind of t- what Tevin Coleman was, as Coleman will step into Freeman's role. Uh, Edo Smith is a great pickup if you uh, have a vacancy at the running back position. Yeah, those uh, are some great guys right there. You know, I'm just going to ho- go ahead and get right into this uh, student-teacher league. Uh, disappointing loss this week for me against Eifler, as I put up 144.4 points, and he puts up 158.1. I mean, all I need to know about this is that Eichler had Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, and Melvin Gordon. This is not fair. (laughs) 
I mean, Patrick Mahomes had two interceptions, which put his total down to 27 points, but Saquon Barkley absolutely went off on Thursday night, and Melvin Gordon put up three touchdowns at Cleveland. Cleveland, you let me down, really. You really couldn't stop him. I mean, I had guys like Todd Gurley and Marquise Goodwin, who had fantastic weeks, put up 144.4 points, and, you know, a little frustrating loss, but, you know, we'll bounce. We'll hope to bounce back in Week 7, you know. I'll I'll look at these stardoms. I'll look at my sit-ums, and... uh, Weird, because, uh, actually, I benched Will Fuller, who's on my team. Uh, he only had five points last week in a PPR. Don't start is, him, I'm telling you. Which is uh, pretty embarrassing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Thank you, Will Fuller, for really helping the team out. Um, Varun uh, dismantled Chaz's team. Oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> Chaz didn't even put up 70 points this week. That's just not acceptable. Should he even be in the league anymore? <laughs> I mean, Russell Wilson put up, you know, almost a... Almost a Thirty-three percent of his uh, points right here with twenty. Uh, I think Varun could have started just his first four guys here: Matt Ryan, Joe Mixon, Alex Collins, and Antonio Brown, and beaten Chaz uh, pretty easily. Uh, pretty embarrassing week. Uh, hopefully, we can talk to Chaz. Maybe he can start listening to the podcast. Didn't uh, even have a flex play this week. It was just empty. <laughs> yeah, forgot to put in the flex play. Started Ty. Started Dalvin Cook. Uh, I don't know what he's doing anymore. I don't think he knows what he's doing either. Maybe he should start listening to the podcast. Yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> you know, second week in a row, I've had to go off on him. It's okay. Uh, team Schwartz beats Team Godak. Uh, Mike also a disappointing, disappointing guy in this league. Uh, teachers just. Beating up on the the two bottom of the barrel student players we have in our league, uh, you know Mike started Randall Cobb got zero points, Tyler Eifert zero points. I can't believe he started a guy whose ankle turned in the other direction and he's out for the year. But I mean, it's all coaching decisions, you know. You know, good start though of uh, of Murray from Minnesota and Andrew Luck. They did pretty well, but Schwartz only getting five points from his quarterback still pulls out a nice victory because of Tyreek Hill who had a fantastic Sunday night game at New England. And, you know, solid play from DeAndre Hopkins and Christian McCaffrey, uh, totaling 30 points together. Uh, you know, he gets to win 115.1 to 100.3 against Godak. Uh, DeMont, DeMont uh, loses to DeLisi, which is a very interesting story because if I played DeMont this week, we would have tied. I uh, didn't, know oh, that, wow. didn't know that was a thing, but that would have been really cool to, to have a tie in fantasy, fantasy football. I've never seen that before. Mm-mm, me neither. You know, uh, Tariq Cohen did really well for DeMont. Rodgers did very well. But uh, Delisi having Tom Brady and uh, Kareem Hunt, Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, she had a fantastic week. Uh, Cooper Cup getting injured on her team didn't really help her, though. She had uh, 1.2 points from him. And Chris Thompson doing absolutely nothing against the Panthers with zero points. Um, yeah, Delisi wins at 155.3 to 144.4. Uh, Ian... Uh, kind of a tough loss, tough loss. Very tough loss to Team Corn, who, uh, I mean, he's an L.A. fan. He put up 165 points. I mean, it's hard to win that game. <laughs> yeah, most most points of the week goes to Team Corn. Uh, Adam Thielen, 29 points. Uh, Jameis Winston, 30 points. I, I mean, that's a that's a very lucky lucky start for him. Uh, Zeke, 18. I mean, he had good good play from Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner. I was just disappointed from Jared Cook and... Uh, yeah. Hines. Unfortunately, in your team right here, uh, Pittsburgh's on a bye this week, so I mean... Yeah, I'm going to ch- uh, gonna have to figure focus off what I'm going to do with that. Figure out what's going on there. You know, teachers are now 11-3 and three in this league. Uh, bit of an embarrassment, you know. I really need to talk to Chaz and Michael Godek about what's going on. You know, we got to figure it out. we gotta, we got to turn this around. I mean, there's still a whole second half of the season. You never know. Uh, only three wins against the teachers has been uh, very sad. we got some more matchups, me versus... Uh, 
Mrs. Delisi. I'm um, sitting at three and three. She's sitting at four and two. Could be a, a fantastic matchup, but um, yeah, we, we really need these wins this week. Uh, bottom of the barrel matchup here: Team Donaldson versus Team Goat. That's going to be interesting to see who wins that. <laughs> I am very excited about this matchup. You know, they're both projected like seventy points. Seventy points in a hundred in a PPR league. Uh, that's got to be a world record of some sort. Uh, Another here's a teacher matchup between uh, Mr. Schwartz and Team Demont. Uh, Schwartz is four and two. Team Demont, uh, two and four, which is very weird because both of Demont's wins are against the students, which is very disappointing in our case because he could have been a potential free win for us. Uh, you know, I, I believe Schwartz has a good matchup in this one, even though Demont being projected 128 points, which is a fairly high projection. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, Ian, you're taking on uh, Mr. Eifler. Should be a good game too. Who has a fantastic team? Your team's very good. He's five and one. You're four and two. My team's so solid. It's once the Leonard Fournette actually comes back, but until then, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And then the final matchup is another student-teacher matchup: uh, Varun versus Mr. Corn. Corn's team's been very good, but I mean, hopefully Varun gets gets some good guys. Maybe make it a little closer. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, looking for a good week. Uh, there's. Um, Three student-teacher matchups. Maybe we can pull back to 11-6. and six. Maybe maybe a little closer. That would be awesome if we could actually bring it back by heading into week eight. I mean, the most wins we've had in a week is one. So That's not good. Actually, no. We haven't had a week. We haven't had a win for students, I think, since, like, the third week. It's been fairly embarrassing. Hopefully, uh, we can figure something out this week. Maybe turn a little. Maybe go two and one. Uh, maybe I can pull a win out against I for us. That'd yeah, be good. That'd be fantastic. All right, so that's all we have this week on Season Saviors. Tune in next week. We'll bring you more stardom, sit waiver wire pickups, and talk about the teacher-student fantasy football league. Thank you.